0: Okay, I'm going to start and then we'll pray. We're in a series right now uh, called Making Change. And the idea is, is that uh, if we... Um, finances is something that all of us talk about. If you're I don't ever do series on finances. In fact, over the last several years of being a church, I've never done a series on finances in our church. Uh, And I can't recall the last time that I did a teaching on tithing. And we're gonna do that today. Um, But in regards to giving, I think the church at large has had a healthy, an unhealthy um, voice in the way that we operate in finances. And so I've designed a series to kind of approach finances from a more healthier perspective, which is the, the, the same way that I approach it in my home. And what that means is, is that we're not just talking about tithing in my house. In my house, we're talking about a lot of things. And so we came up with four topics. And one was less is more, uh, stress is bad, giving is good, and tomorrow matters. We said less is more. Less is more. Say it. Less is more. Stress is bad. Stress is bad. Giving, is good. giving is good. And tomorrow matters. Um, why this is all important is because less is more, um, we've, I've had to learn that in my life, in my own life, if I don't understand the concept that less is more, I'm going to buy everything I want. If I buy everything that I want, it equals stress in my life. If I, if I have stress in my life, I cannot give, and if I cannot give, I'll never have a tomorrow. Does that make sense? And this is all we run into, like this problem, like, oh my gosh, no, yesterday I need it, and now I do not have. And so, we're understanding the concept in my life that less is more um, in, in every arena of our life. And I really can't go back over what we've said already. So, if, um, if you need help with any of these things, some of them are good. And um, you can check them out Less is more, stress is bad. Today is giving is good. And next week, we're going to talk about how tomorrow matters. And I think that it's significant because I'm not sure that um, the body of Christ has approached this. Um, and it, it, it's not life changing. But it's a life-changing. Like there may not be someone here the next week crying in the altars, but if we can change the trajectory of your life, I mean, you know, we changed your life, you know. And so that's what we're trying to do: is make changes that change our future. Making change is the name of the series. And today we're talking about how giving is good. And we're gonna pray right now for Pastor Tim. Jesus, Lord. I love you, and I give you praise, and I ask you to help me. Amen. I don't like talking about money. I feel super awkward. It makes me feel uncomfortable, and so I avoid the subject most of all. But today, I am talking about money, but mostly I'm talking about money because money is significant to you. I know that money is something that you talk about every day of your life, and I'm not talking about it that the church would profit because I want you to know that everyone on the face of the earth wants your money, and you have to recognize that God has called you to manage What everyone is trying to take from you. And uh, people can convince you for a moment that it's worth it. If you give me what God has given you, I'll give you this. And we'll barter. And sometimes we've bartered for some things that weren't exactly good. Uh, A glass of Coke, I don't know, anything you want. You can fill in the dots. But we've bought things with God's money that sometimes we shouldn't have done. Today we're gonna talk about how giving is good, and giving is good, and giving is good. Before we can get there, I've got to show some principles of the cross that I've learned on my journey. And so uh, a large portion of this is going to be talking about the tithe today. But the Psalms 24 starts off by saying this. This is what I learned when I came to Jesus. I understood basically that God was huge. The earth is is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. I basically came to know that Jesus, he's big. And I believe that everything is his. And when I came to Christ, I I was 100% worldly. Uh, You can name like two or three sins that are in the world. And I did all of the sins of the Bible. Like everything in my life was dark and I had to relearn everything. And so the first thing I I basically understood was that everything's God's. And and so there was this passage that kind of came, that I became aware of when I gave my life, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I understood that I had to change my life to line up with Jesus. And some of us haven't gotten there. There are things in our life that are godly. But I understood that when I came to Jesus, my life, I had to change. Does that make sense? And so Jesus said this. He said in the same way in Luke chapter 14, 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything that you have, you cannot be my disciples. And so I understood that God wasn't asking for a percentage of anything in my life, but he was just asking for my life. He wanted, he wanted to be the Lord of my life. I've had multiple bosses in my life, and when I have a boss, they direct my life. Now, we don't live in older days where this word Lord was kind of normal. But if you had a Lord, that guy was the one that was in charge of whatever was happening in your life. And when we came to know the Lord Jesus, he's over not just sections of our life, not our property, not our home, not our space when we're here at church, but the Lord Jesus resides over our heart and over our life and over our mind and over our words. And so we submit to him in everything. Does that make sense? And I don't know if, if you get this yet, but I, I believe that there's a, a clear picture in scripture that if, if Jesus isn't the Lord of everything, then he's not the Lord. And, uh, and I think that this is a harsh statement. People are like, no, that's radical Christianity. No, with one day you're going to stand in front of God and you're going to realize how in control you were. And how much you did not yield to him, and how, and that's going to be a really harsh moment. So everything is, is, his. I'm going to read just, I'm going to fire off just a few verses to you, a whole bunch of stuff, just so I know that we we've said them and we've covered them. I mean, these are just there is a million verses on the Bible in the Bible about giving, and I really want to teach on a couple, but I just want to say some to you. Does that make sense? So, um, uh, Acts chapter twenty, verse thirty-five. Uh, the, in everything I did, I showed you that by uh, this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus Himself, He said, It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The apostle Paul says it's the Lord Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I don't know if you can see that in your life yet today, but it's important that we grab our mind around that, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And though I know that it is more blessed to give than to receive, why is it hard to do it then? Why is it that I find myself so reluctant then to let go of things that are in my life? I think about scriptures like when Jesus is talking about the widow woman who had just two mites and the guy who was rich and he had so much and the guy gave so much of his wealth and this woman had two mites and she gave it and Jesus looked and said, this woman gave more than, than, than the dude who gave so much because she gave out of her little and he gave out of his plenty and yet... We know that giving is a beautiful thing. We see it in children. If a kid has a Kit Kat bar or a Twix, right? Two for me, none for you, right? And uh, if a kid takes their Twix and they share it, all of parents and everyone around goes, oh, it's so wonderful. We love generous people as a culture and as a society. We think that it's a wonderful thing. We love to have generous friends. We think, man, I like being around that person. People would like to be around you too, (laughs) If you can learn to be generous. This is Christ-like. It's better to give than it is to receive, and though I know that, it's so hard for me, and I'm going to try to dive into why it's so hard today. I'm going to read a couple more verses. Uh, if you should, uh, First, Second Corinthians chapter 2, uh, uh, chapter 9, verse 7, he says, then you should give then as you have decided, not with regret or out of sense of duty, because God loves a cheerful giver. Luke chapter six, verse 38, he says this, for give on to, give to others and God will give to you. Indeed, you will receive a full measure of a generous helping poured into your hands, all that you can hold. The measure that you use for others is the one that God will use towards you. He's talking about as much as you give, God will give to you. As much as you give, God will give to you. As much as you give, God will give to you. Man, there are so many good things in this. I'm going to read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. This just breaks my heart. He says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people who were eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many kinds of griefs. I don't know if you can understand how loud and important this verse is for us to gravitate to today. But so many people have wandered from the faith because they've pursued money, and I want you to know that many of us don't realize it, but we're doing it today. I'm going to read one more to you, and it's in Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and ten, and it says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the best part of everything you produce, and He will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine." Today, we're going to talk about tithing, and. Um, Here's uh, what I want to kind of get across, and I have a testimony for you, and I'm going to try to go into some cool stuff. Uh, I'm going to read to you Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I know that I'm overwhelming you. I just don't understand in my own life, and I've been a believer for almost 20 years now. If I know that God loves giving, why is it hard for me? And how do I give in a healthy way? How do I say no? We're going to talk about that next week. When do I not give? Um... But I'm going to read this verse to you. It's in that Malachi. I'm going to explain the, the, the tithe, and then I'm going to try to jump into what I think God is really trying to say. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I do not uh, throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you would not have enough room for it. Now, you may have heard this before. You may not have. This is the only place in the whole Bible where God says, I want you to test me. I want you to test me. God doesn't say this anywhere. In fact, there are many places in the Bible where it says, do not test the Lord. But with finances, he's saying, put me to the test on this. Now, that is pretty stinking cool. Like, first of all, if you're sitting out of this, like, I feel like it's like a bunch of college guys, like, hey, (laughs) I'll show up, man. Come on, man. Bet me I can't do it, you know. And uh, God's like, "I'll, I'll do it. Test me in this and see if I can't bless you. Now there is a room. uh, I want you to understand what the tithe is. The tithe is 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 a storehouse, and it's exclusively for the house of God. In the old in the old days, that was for the temple, and basically the tithe. What it did is it provided for the priests and the Levites and those that worked there. That they would have a living and they would have uh, food and and and. To provide for their homes. Um, But the tithe was also, it took care of the the resources and the bills and the things that happened for the house of God itself. And then it went to make sure that there was enough resources that the church could give and help and minister. It's the same principle here today. Your tithe has established a future that today we have lights on, we have people that are taken care of on staff, and we have people that are being ministered to because some of you have said, with my money, I will trust the Lord with my community. Does that make sense? It's important that you understand that the tithe is a tenth of your money. And uh, why that's important is, is there is a much difference between a tithe and an offering, Okay, I am not telling you this because I I think that it's good for you to know. I'm telling you this because I have learned it for me and for principles within my home. And God has blessed me for this. And I'm going to share you a really overwhelming testimony that's affected my life recently because of that. The other thing you need to know is that the tithe is not an, uh, under the law. It's not a mandate of the law. And what that means is that some people say, well, Jesus came to fulfill the law, and so we don't have to tithe because that's a, a law thing. Nope. Uh, Jesus actually, we talk about it in the New Testament, and it was established before there was a law with Melchizedek. There was a man, he was a priest and a king and Abraham tithed a tenth of all of his possessions to Melchizedek, a priest and a king who was a image of Jesus in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. So because it happened before the law, it oversees the law. It's a mandate of God that's that surpasses further than the law. And Jesus in the New Testament would say, hey, look, yes, I want you to tithe, but far more important than tithing is that we remember to be kind and to have mercy and to love people. This is the most important thing. Why that's important is there are some believers that have only learned that all I do is tithe. And I'm not good at loving people. This is the greatest commandment that Jesus is gonna ask us, that we love him, then we love people. Now, what do we do with our life? and we give our life back to him. Does that make sense so far? Okay, I'm going to talk about the tithe and why it's important. Now, uh, you could just say, well, I got to give. I got to give 10%. You're asking for 10% of my money, Tim? No, 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 no. I am not asking you for nothing. I want you to pray about what you are going to give to the Lord. I am only talking to you about scripture and what God has spoken to me and to my life and to my family. Does that make sense? Cool. So, Here's why I think that it's important. I read to you, Timothy, and talked about how, how many people have fallen from faith uh, because of their love for money and, and it's caused such grief that's overwhelmed their life. Right? We, we showed this verse. Scotty, can you put it back on the screen? Here's why the 10th is important. Many of you don't recognize that God is not actually after your money. He doesn't need your money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the scripture says. He does not need your money. Say that out loud. God does not need my money. Okay, you need to give your money. That's the problem, is that our heart is attached to our money. Let me prove it to you. We, many of us work a 40-hour job or more. And that 40-hour job, it goes, this is what we do. We, we, we decide that we want to have people in our life that we love. This is the mission of our life. We want to be happy and have fun and love people, right? This is, this is what we want to do. But in order to do that, we have to live somewhere. We're grown-ups now. And after we get out of high school, we get a job. And real life kicks in, and we've got these things called bills. And it's like, ah, this is terrible. And so we get a job. And we spend about 40 hours of our week somewhere else around people that we don't even sometimes like. And they that job gets the very best version of you. You don't realize it. And it's not even about money, but in order for you, so you're, you're, the best part of your day is, is nine to five or eight to five, and you'll have to wake up about two hours early all to prepare so you can go to work. You got to take care of kids or fold clothes or make breakfast and get lunch ready and all the other things you've got to do. And, and so you're spending two hours of your life just getting ready to go to work. Some of you are commuting 30 minutes 45 minutes, an hour and a half to work. Crazy, happens. And you'll take that drive and then you'll work and they'll make you take a break. And you're like, I don't want a break. I want to just work so I can go home. But nope, now some companies are making you take an hour break a day. Like, no, it's the best part of my day. And so then you'll work all that time and, and, and you're the best part of your energy and then you come home from work and you're stressed and you're tired and you're exhausted and, and all of this has happened and, and now you, you got to make dinner and you've got to clean up dinner and by the time that's done, you're done. And so work and people you didn't even sign up to want to be around have gotten the best part of your life. Whether you realize it or not, finances are controlling everything. It's the driving ship in your life now, here's, here's what I realized. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will do this one. Okay, I don't know. Here's what I learned. Of our finances, we're going to call this a pie. I'm going to continue to try to show you this. And I, I, this is the best way for me to illustrate wh- how, why the tithe is important. Of, of our finances, what I've learned is that, that the government, Uncle Sam, is always going to get 15%, right? Right off the top, Uncle Sam, he gets his cut. Anyone disagree with that? We're going to call this 15% right there. And there's, there's Uncle Sam. He's going to get his, right? Anyone disagree with that? Cool. So, uh, so here's what's important. All that work that we're doing to possess these monies so we can be with people we love and enjoy the rest of our life, we're working for finances. And we love the Lord in the process. And then, and then you know, wherever you go, you have to live. And they say that, that if you're wise, that you'll only spend 30% of your income on a house. Some people are spending more, but we'll call it 30% for the sake of an income because everyone here has to have a house. That's our first payment, right? Some of us, it's on auto pay. So we've decided to pay it even before we get it. That's how important it is to us. Does that make sense? So we'll call that 30% there of the pie there. This is going to go here. Okay. And uh, And then of that, that 30%, uh, we've got cars, right? We all, who, all, who has a car payment here in this house? And uh, they say that the average car payment in Polk County is $400. Now, I don't know what your payment is. It may be more than that. You may be driving nice. You may be driving less, but we're just going to call that 15%. All right. So another 15% uh, right off the top there. Let's go in there. And that's before insurance kicks in right because you're not allowed to have a car without insurance and well let's just call insurance as a whole because you got to have life insurance you got to have health insurance right and if health insurance is coming right out of the bill well you don't even get a choice then that's another that's another we'll call all insurance 15 percent right and this is now understand this is it's not even fair Rachel can you help me here I need, I need more, uh, where we go, bam. Yeah, just stand right here. Be my little Vanna White, would you? And so, uh, so uh, and that's, this is all we got left now of the pie that we haven't even started to live our life with yet, okay? And so this is why the tithe is important. And so, uh, and then, uh, you know, all, most of us here have technology in our house, right? We've got uh, uh, electricity, we've got air conditioning, and we've got bills, just utility bills, water, sewage, all that stuff. We'll call that, 8%. We'll give that a little sliver. That's, that's not a lot. Some people are like, yeah, that's you don't know where I live. Uh, and, then, and then if you've got other technology, like you've got uh, internet, um, right? Because we all need internet at the house to operate. Most of us need cable. Um, and then you've got that cell phone payment. So the average cable internet bill in Lakeland, Florida is $150, and then you add to that that the average single line cell phone is $100. That's $250. We'll call that another 10% of our income. This is what we have left, and we haven't gone out to eat yet. We haven't, we haven't had fun yet. We haven't even bought food for our home yet. We didn't get gas. We didn't get anything. And this is all that's left. Now, we give that away. But we really want to be generous to our church. We really want to love God because we know that God loves a cheerful giver. But this is my leftover, and so it's so hard. The, the The woman with the with the two mites. It's so difficult for us to understand. She gave everything she had left. We don't do that because we see all of the things now that we still want and need, and don't have, and we look at life through the lens of, this is all I have left. I can't give this to someone who needs help, to someone who wants help, to someone who's in a jam, or to the church, that the the kingdom would move forward. Yet, my life is yours. No, 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 no. you don't understand. Your life is here, and here, and here, and here, and here, and here. That's your life. Because money is our life, and we don't see it. We don't want to say it like that. Like, that's terrible, but we have to have money. Am I, am I lying here? I, okay, cool. So what the Lord has designed, and I, I can't explain this any better than this, and it's, it's kind of weird, but God has designed that if you understand that before anything happens, before the mortgage gets paid, before anything happens, he gets the first and the best part of our life. Because what I've decided is that all of my resources, God, are yours. Because all of my heart is yours, Lord. Because all of my life is yours. My marriage, my family, everything I want to have and do with the other 90% of my life, it's yours. I want to love and honor and serve you with this. And it's not, it's not even the money that is important. You understand, it's your time. You're going to spend the best part of your life going to work for this and you want God invested in your job, tithing is part of God, promote me. Tithing is part of God, bless me. Tithing is part of God, like, are you with me in my finances? And God said, test me in this and see if I won't pour open the blood. Like, I will rebuke the devourer in your life. I will be with you. Are you with me? Now, there were so many testimonies that I got from people that I couldn't, I, I actually had to say no to all of them. I am way out of time, and I've got to get to my testimony and someone else's, and I don't even want to give my testimony, but I really felt like God said you need to. So my wife is probably going to be on pins and needles right now about what I'm about to say because she doesn't like me talking about my, my, my money, but it's important that you understand that um, what I'm about to say is, is, is if I am bragging, I apologize because the Bible actually specifically says not to brag. But I feel like it's important because many of you are in a situation where all you have is, is like these leftovers and you're like, how, how, what can I do? Well, it's, it, 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 Tim, if, if I started tithing, then I'd have to change my whole life. Yes, that's what we're trying to do here. We want you to change your whole life and all of the decisions you're making in your life that we're putting God first like, well, Tim, if I'd started tithing, then I'd, it would require a great amount of faith in my life. Like, I don't know if I can believe for that. Yes, that's what we want. We want you to learn to believe God, that in everything, that as you're stressing, you're putting that back on the Lord and saying, God, I chose you. I am serving you. You said that you would do this. And when you put your life in the fire, it requires God to show up. And it's a beautiful thing when he shows up because then you realize that he loves you in the most intricate way that no one else can. Here's a testimony. My wife is an unbelievable steward of God's, uh, the resources that God had entrusted us with. And so what we had been doing forever is we we would pay our tithes and then we would put money away. Every month we'd put money away. And this is wise. This is an emergency fund. You put money away because problems are going to happen in life. And what happens is if you don't put money away and problems happen, you blame it on the devil. But it's not the devil that blew out your AC. It was the AC blew out and that happened. Like it's life. But when life happens and we don't prepare, spiritual people don't have any other option but to blame it on the devil. And so the devil will use it. He'll use it to get in your grill. So anyways, my wife was putting all this money away. Every month, we'll put money away, put money away. And this is going on for years. Put money away, put money away, put money away. And we'll also put money on our 401k and our retirement, and we're, we're paying our tithe, first 10%. And somehow, I don't know how, I don't get to see these things. Things are working for us. Like, I got these kids, and they're great, and they're healthy, and everything's, everything's good. Things are good, right? Cool. Well, got the church, we kind of reached a point in our church where we said, like, hey, do we want this church to grow or not? We're going to have to quit this other job that we've been doing for the last eight years. And so, uh, man, uh, everyone started talking to my wife and saying, Tim needs to quit that job. And uh, you guys are all terrible human beings. And so anyways, (laughs) I believed and I I trusted and and my wife prayed and we said, okay, finally, after like six years of hearing this from people, we'll quit our job. So we quit our job and we decided that we were going to do this in faith and not take a raise from the church. Does that make sense? And uh, we, didn't, we knew the church wasn't in a position that they could take us on, and so we did this last April, May, somewhere around that line. And so um, it was a big transition for us, and it required a lot of faith because we knew that we weren't going to have enough money to pay our bills if we took this step. But it wasn't a step that we just did in faith. Don't be an idiot. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Seek counsel with people. Have other people pray with you. If you take a step of faith, don't do it alone have other people pray. Hey, will you pray with me? Look at my money and see what, does this make sense? We did this. We didn't have enough money and uh, the church is doing well. Like I would say that since then our church has grown about 30%. Like the very fact that you guys are sitting here right now is overwhelming because there's a whole other group of people coming in after this and it's, our church is growing and people are flourishing. And for the first time a lot of people are growing. Anyways, church is growing. My finances are not, and we're tithing. And about every month, I, I, I want you to know, that every month that went by, we were short, about 800 dollars at least. after we paid our tithe. People are still saying, hey, I'm in a jam. I need some finances. Hey, I don't know what to do. I don't, we don't know, like, and there's a birthday parties that are still happening. There are still weddings that are happening. There is still life that is happening. Like tires are still going flat. We still have to fix things. And what do you do when, you're, when you know you're at least $800 short and you still want to be kind and love people? And we planned our life. But because my wife, who God gave wisdom to, she gave her a plan, we had finances that we could take out of those finances every month. But every month, that bank account is going smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And we've been having these really cool services, right? Where like, I think a couple weeks ago, we had 160 people here. And I'm like, dang, this is, this is cool. We have a little church. Like, there are some churches that are rocking 3,000 people. And I'm walking out of here going, we're the best stinking church in the whole stinking world. Like, this is awesome. And it's mostly because of you guys. But anyways, I'm like, man, God, I don't know what to do because we're out of finances. I've got to hurry this up because we've got to close and... Oh my gosh, I still haven't even got the altar call. So anyways, we're $800 um, less every month at least. And we're still paying our tithe. And uh, I don't know where God is gonna come through for us, but I know he's gonna come through because that's what he said he was gonna do. And so we're just being faithful. But it's getting to the point where I'm like, God, I, um, I, I, we may have to walk away from the way and I may have to take a job or something. Like it's kind of suffocating. And I try not to tell my wife this. Any guys know what I'm talking about? You try not to open your mouth and say these things. They're terrible fears. Well, long story short, um, it comes time for tax season. Well, every week, my wife is a, she's a real estate agent. And so um, every amount of money that she gets, we put aside 30% of our income that we make uh, because we're uh, self-employed. And so you got to pay tax on that. And so we're putting aside about 30% of our, of our profits every month, knowing that there's a big bill that's going to hit us in the new year because it's coming tomorrow is coming. You know what I'm talking about? And so God gave my wife this plan to prepare for the future. So we know that this is a big bill coming and we're going to lose even more money. So we've been having this money sitting aside and I'm like, well, we can't even consider that being ours because it's obviously Uncle Sam's. And so what happened is we did our taxes and we go to a CPA. It's a Christian and they, they actually do all churches and stuff and they're really godly and it's cool. And so they did our taxes. They've been doing it for several years they, they said to us at the end of our taxes this year, um, we were expecting to see a thing of multiple thousands of dollars, them coming, but it was okay because we got the money. We're gonna write the check. It's okay. And they said, um, hey, you, uh, you owe $100. I know it's not a miracle to you, but I'm wondering if we have a future here. I'm wondering, God, where are you? And God just, in one moment, put thousands of dollars into our bank account, and he didn't give it through anyone. He gave it through wisdom, through my wife. And in one moment, God overwhelmed me and said, I am am with you, and I am leading you. And in this Malachi scripture, he says he's going to rebuke the devourer in our life. And I'm like, man... And I think it's a matter of managing our resources wisely, saying no to the things that that we're not supposed to have in our life so we can have it tomorrow. And the very reason why we are where we are is because we've said no to many things. And I'm not trying to brag, but she's awesome. And he's great. And God gave us a lot of money in one moment. And it ensures another year of being able to pastor. How great is our God! There's so many more testimonies that it's crazy. Deb, would you come? Here's the one thing I, you have to know is that giving is good. Giving, as a parent, when my children give or sh- other kids come over to their house and they share their toys, it's a turn on. And I think, oh man, you got it. I want to do anything for you. Giving is good. God loves a cheerful giver, not a reluctant giver. If you're gonna give and you're gonna hold on to it, don't worry about it. But there's a Dave Ramsey would always say, like, you know, the, the principle of giving is this like if you hang on to money, God can't put money in your hand. But if you open your hand, then God can put more in your hand, and he can take out, and he can use your hand as an overflow. And I realize there are multiple principles about about, about giving that's important for you to know. One, if you give, it will be given back onto you. But that's not why it's important. It's important. Tithing isn't important because God is going to bless your 90. Like, I believe with all my heart that if we give God our first and our best, then he will take care of the rest and he'll honor it. He'll, and he'll stretch it. He'll make it go further. You'll find sales. Things show up out of nowhere. It's just crazy. Someone told me this week that they bought four of shoes with $12. That is awesome. That's an act of God. I don't know if you understand this. <laughs> no such thing as a hurricane that's an act of God the reason why tithing is important is because it, 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 it concentrates our heart to love him God's not after our money he's after our heart we're after our money we need our money because we need it and so giving is so difficult because we love so many things we're terrified that if we let go then we'll have nothing if we let go we'll have Jesus and isn't that what this is all about let me show you how much God loves generosity. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a second? I don't know if you've forgotten, but God gave His son. God the Father said, "I love." people so much that I'll give Jesus. I'll give my son, my favorite son, the best son, the one that's never done wrong, the one that's truly generous, the one that's truly wise, the one that's truly filled with faith, the perfect one, the Lamb of God, the one who's sinless. I'll give him for you who hasn't given. Tithing is not something that we do to earn God's love. No, 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 no. That's just part of it now. What we do to get God's love is we receive Jesus. We receive his love. And you know how much Jesus loved you as Jesus? He laid down his life on the cross. When I was a sinner, he he loved me and he died for me. And he's the only one that's been faithful. There have been times where I've cried and I've wept and no one else could be there. And there will be times coming in your life where no one will be there for you but him. And we're working so hard to build this kingdom for ourselves. that's all one day going to fade away. Giving is difficult because we're the center of our life. And when we're the center, it's so hard to let go because we're going to lose. But when we understand that Jesus wanted to give his life so we can find it, and that's the anthem of our heart, when our heart really is all surrender to God, then giving becomes... The best part of our life. It becomes the joy. It becomes all of these resources is what I can give away. Let's get rid of all the other crap in our life so we'll have more to give. I want to give. I want to reach. I want to change lives. I want to influence eternity. I want to help people know that God is good. And I want you to know that God loves you And 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 He gave 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 and whether or not you realize this or not, I know that some of you are gonna struggle in three months and in five months to love Jesus because you love other things also. Ted Ray, I want you to know that he loves you and he's asking you to surrender and lay it down. He's asking you to surrender and lay it down, 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 surrender and lay it down.